I'm Scott. This is Gavin. And I'm Craig. Got, uh, Craig's not happy because this, it's very late in the UK, so he's not happy. That's it, and someone has fucked it up yet again. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> surely has. Uh. <laughs> right, let's get let's get into it. Okay, so uh, welcome to uh, Majors Mess Hall, episode sixty-four. We got it wrong last week, lads. We were calling it 60, 62 and it was sixty-three, but. Of course, my amazing editing skills cut all that out, so it's fine. Scott probably may have noticed Dixie listens. Craig never listens, so it, it doesn't really affect Craig. But yeah, that's where we're up to. So yeah, so this is uh, episode 64. We've got another special guest. We're going to go straight through to it very soon. Um, but it's uh, it's our guest is uh, Mr. Paul Bowhill. He was a high court enforcement agent on a television show in the UK. It's actually on Netflix all over the world. It's called Can't Pay, We'll Take It Away. And it's essentially just bailiffs going around, uh, repossessing properties, um, collection of uh, debt that's not been paid and stuff like that. It's actually really interesting because it gives an, another side to the debt collecting business, basically, which is like obviously got a very bad rep. But um, Paul's like the lead officer, if you like, on the show. So it was me and Scott spoke to him a few weeks ago. We got that interview ready to play out, but... What a nice guy he was, Scott. You know what, man? He's a lot more interesting talking to than we actually see on camera. Yeah, you, you don't realize what a life he's he's had. It's and uh, all the charities, all the charities he's doing, and uh, he was an amazing guy. Absolutely fantastic. So we're going to go through to that in a minute, but very quickly, just a quick recap on the three of us and how we've been. So, <clears throat> how have you been, Craig? Yeah, <laughs> not bad. Yeah. So what's up? Because you're not happy, are you? Got obviously you've got your girlfriend Leanne there. You just want to go to sleep. Yeah, well, I was hoping it was going to be half twelve, as both of us, all of us, three planned. And then all of a sudden, you text me saying, uh, "Just before half twelve, saying uh, in half an hour." And I go, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Well, we're here now, aren't we? You're with us. Is uh, is Leanne wound up? The fact that we're recording now, or she's all right. Tell her we said that. Tell her we said hiya. Hi. Sorry about this. Scott apologizes. Fuck off. Anyway, they said, we... they, said <laughs> they said sorry, and Scott apologizes. Yeah, better that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, Scott. How have you been, mate? Well, being falsely accused here, but uh, <laughs> man, damn right you off. Well, you, you just wait, buddy. Anyway, doing good, sick. man. Doing good. You know, I I just got home a little while ago. And... Yeah, keep going, Gab. And uh, yeah, just been uh, we're getting new people moving into the house this weekend, so it's gonna be crammed, isn't it? Let me just tell you guys, we already got five dogs and one cat and one bird, and now we got four chickens. We're getting four more cats, 
So we're going to have five cats, five dogs, four chickens, one parrot. I'm moving back in with my parents. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's like a zoo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to be great. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I've been learning a lot of stuff and doing a lot of electrical work in the house and uh, and uh, mechanical work. And I'm feeling pumped, man. You know, I get overwhelmed. And then when I finish, I feel great when it actually works. You know, so uh, no fires. The house didn't burn down. <laughs> I didn't end up in the hospital anywhere. So, uh, and now over to you. How about you, buddy? How you been doing? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, just the same old, really. Just uh, work. Kids aren't well, so, and I've kind of caught what they've got. It's weird because I kind of passed it on to them, and then they got sick, and then they developed all the symptoms, which have been passed back on to me. It's a bit weird, really, but no, it's been all right. Yeah, that no snow, which is fantastic in Nova Scotia this time of year. This time last year. We had like 50 centimeters, and now it's just literally all you can see is grass. It was dull. I can tell you where it's. I can tell you where it was. Yeah, it's all in Chicago. It was, it's, it snowed nine days in a row. That's the first time since 1908 that it snowed that many days in a row, man. Ridiculous. So, uh, Scott, have you got your ticket yet? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> you know what? Don't bother coming out. I'll be getting it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't bother. You're not a star, yeah. So, for the people that don't know what we're talking about, we have an annual pub crawl every year where we just get together and go for drinks, basically, in, in a city of our choice. And this year it's in Halifax, in the Canada where I am. So, uh, Craig is flying over from the UK and Scott coming in from Chicago and Scott yet to buy his ticket, so... We're still waiting on that one. I was just talking about that just a little bit ago. Okay, so, so anyway, so let's go through to our let's go through to our interview, with Paul, and then we'll talk again after that. So here's our interview with Can't Pay. We'll take it away, Paul Bowhill. I gotta I gotta tell you, uh, thank you for joining us on on our podcast. That's fine. No problem. We are big fans of uh, Camp Pay. It's definitely an honor. It's to amazingly have successful. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The program has been amazingly successful. Yeah, it's it's crazy how it's uh, you know it's it's kind of just since it went onto Netflix, it's just gone worldwide. I mean, obviously, I'm from the UK, but I live in Canada mm-hmm. now, and um, yeah, it's it, it's yeah. on Netflix over here. It's on Netflix in the states, and uh, you're getting a big following over this side of the water. I mean, we started it about five years ago, and we start filming again in about two months on a series six. Oh wow! And in total, we filmed we filmed about eighty five episodes. Wow! Did you so ever? There's a lot still to go on to Netflix. Did you ever think that the show would be as big as it is? Well, no. I mean, I actually set up a sheriff's office about five or six years ago on the back of an insolvency practice which I was involved with and they asked, they came to me and asked me if I would go on the television. Of course it can be uh, a double-edged sword. So they'd approached other people and had been turned down but I, as is my nature, said I would give it a go. So we filmed four programs which were successful, 
followed by another 12, and then it just it sort of took up a life of its own. Yeah, because you, I mean, you seem to be the face of the show as well. I mean, like, even when, like, you go on Netflix and before you click play, it's your face on the screen. <laughs> and it's just, it's just can't pay, we'll yeah. take it away. And it's like, you're the face of the show, basically. Well, well, myself and Steve Pinner, who is my partner on the show, we've worked together and we've got similar backgrounds from many years ago. Uh, and I think what's happened is we've, we've actually caught a chord in as much that we're giving a human face to the debt collection industry, which has always had a bad name anyway. A hundred percent. I mean, that's something I noticed as well, because when you go to watch the show for the first time, you genuinely think, oh, these, these bastards, because you, do, you guys do have a bad name. But then, of course, when you watch the show, you see, actually, it's not like that. You know, they're dealing with something that's very delicate and they're handling it in a very delicate way. You know, it's done with it's done with a lot of respect. Yeah. You know, especially yourself. You know, you're very reserved and uh, very calm, whereas like some of the other um, officers can be a little. They can get a little bit wound up with the situations, um, but you're you're in particularly very very calm, which kind of brings the tone down as well, and, and usually tends uh, calms down the tenants as well. Well, the reason for that is I've got a lot of experience. I've been a sheriff's officer for thirty years, and I've been in the law enforcement business for over 50 years, you know, wow. police, customs and excise, trading standards. So, and I've had my own problems in life, which has given me a, a very, very different standpoint to some of the young bucks who have never had hardship. So I was brought up at a time when integrity um, and people paid their debts and they lived to a standard which sad, sad, very sadly no longer applies. Yeah. So things have changed. And that, and that's, that comes across on the show as well, is that, um, you know, these, these people, most of them, and they're not bad people, they've just made bad decisions in life. You know, it's not that none of them are really are bad people, they just made bad decisions. And that comes across, because again, I've never been in debt myself, so you kind of, uh, you, can, you can look at things in the wrong light, really, if you've never been there yourself. My, my own view is that probably... 5% or less of the people we deal with are absolutely genuine people. And those are the people we, we have in the past and still continue uh, have tried to help. But it is a very low percentage. So when most people get into trouble. It's not deliberate, but they find themselves in trouble and then they bury their heads in the sand. Yeah, and hope that it just goes away. So, in all your years doing this, do you ever, I know you can never, like, see a person and know how they're going to react, because everybody reacts different, but do you feel, like, a lot of danger, you know, just, you know, a little bit nervous, like, because, like no. Gavin said, you're, like, calm, you know? Well, the, the answer is I've been on the front line in law enforcement for 50 years plus, is that there's nothing can be shown to me that I haven't seen before. Yes, it's a dangerous job, but I would like to think that certainly Steve and I have got the, the actual customer skills, the communication skills to diffuse most situations, and we do actually bring it down. I'm not saying that we won't one day fail and it'll all go terribly wrong, which is why we wear bulletproof jackets. 
it's crazy, okay. isn't it? That it's crazy that you've even got to wear those, but it's it's best to just be safe because you really don't know. I mean, you're you're essentially you're you're ruining somebody's day, really, aren't you? Because you showing up, it's not it's not it's not the, it's not the highlights of their day, really. So you don't really know how they're going to react. The danger on the doorsteps now for myself and all the other officers. I mean, we've got teams all over the country, so there are about probably forty teams of two. They all wear bulletproof jackets, they're all trained. Uh, the actual uh, television show is a, quite a good training video. So it would be nice to think that the lessons that we have taught, Steve and myself and a few of the older officers, will be taken up by the young people. But when you're on a doorstep, I mean, I knock a door and stand to one side just in case there's somebody inside with a shotgun and let's oh. go with it. Yeah, you just don't know. Of course, the big problem now, well, no, and of course drugs is a big problem in as much that if you've got people who are taking drugs, they're depressed, they're suicidal, you can't always predict how it's going to go. So that's the unknown factor. And and like you know, in regards to the show, like how does that does that affect what you what you're doing? Like you know, do you show up and people recognise you and? Well, no, I mean, people recognise us now, and if we walk through a city like London, we'll get recognised 50 times in a day. Or if we're actually on a job and we attract attention, we'll be surrounded by a crowd of fans. Uh, Mostly, the fans are okay. Very, very few hostile responses. That's because we come across as human. But what you see on the show is exactly what it is. There are no retakes, it's a documentary. We make no concessions for the film crews, and if we think it's going the wrong way, we will call a halt to it, and have. But the the reality is that what you see is exactly how it happens on the day. See, it's just interesting to hear, because you you really don't, don't know what happens when the cameras are off. Yeah, I mean, the, the the information, the background information that we have on a risk is very limited. So unless there's been previous visits where the reports, which are updated immediately, show that uh, there's a possibility of violence, threats or otherwise, uh, we know we did a job in Peterborough where the officers who went before were actually shot at. Wow. And the police armed response unit was called out. They didn't find a firearm and put it down that the officers had overreacted. And it was left for a couple of months and people said to me from, from the office, what do you think we should do? And that's one of the two possibilities. If Steve and I go to do the same job, we will either get shot, in which case it will be a fantastic finale for the television program <laughs> or because of, because of because of our approach we'll collect the money in the event we did take away uh, about £12,000 worth of cars to settle the debt we weren't assaulted one of the employees in the garage said you're really lucky because the last guys who came here got shot at by one of the people here who sort of headed off over the fields at the back with a gun. So it was a genuine cause. The officers had been shot at. But Steve and I, 
I said to him on the way there, and this one was on the television, well, we're in the twilight of our years, so it'll go one of two ways. I said, I've already worked out that we could have a hearse with flowers at the back and sides, with Paul and Steve on the back, and I can't say we'll take it away on the sides. <laughs> yeah, I've, see, I've... I, I'm from Chicago, and I, I see like how officers uh, or or enforcement officers such as yourself and and how officers over here i mean completely different i meant you know i meant it's the same job but it's just you know i i think about you guys putting your your lives on the line and all that and it, yes man I, I really respect you guys well I, I actually was in the police force many years ago here uh, and i was firearms trained um, I never actually hit anybody head-on, and I've certainly never fired a shot in anger. But I was trained by people who came back from the Second World War. They'd been Japanese prisoners of war. Uh, they'd fought in the trenches. So I was lucky to have had mentors who were seriously experienced um, in the rough side of life. So over the years, I've been lucky and met lots of people like that. And I've taken a lot of their qualities on board. So I'm sort of on the distilled process, if you like, of all of those people, all of my teachers and mentors. And I hope that the young people who I work with will take up some of the qualities that we show. I would imagine they would. Yeah. So why did you, um, why did you leave the police force? I just moved on. When I was in the police force, I was a police diver, uh, and I wanted to take up a sort of commercial diving career, which didn't actually happen, except that I did work for an admiralty department here, uh, underwater weapons, and did survey work as a subcontract diver. So I just moved voluntarily into that role, and I had several years of that. I'm very interesting experimental work and then eventually sort of moved on from that um, and moved into uh, the insolvency field because I was at one stage left half a million pounds in debt by my ex-wife who coincidentally moved to Chicago <laughs> <laughs> that's what they like Paul at all like that there but, <laughs> yeah, but the point the point was there that uh, I ran away from the debt. I actually joined a travelling fun fair in the south of England, and for eight years I lived. My, I had a sabbatical, lived my own life, and did things. That was at the time of the Falklands War, and then when I eventually came back, all my problems had gone away, and I sort of became respectable again. <laughs> that's it. You've had such an interesting life. Well, that's what I'm saying, but that's the sort of hardship I suffered. And so I'm sympathetic to people who do have problems. So, I um, mean, that, that, that's what it's all about. The, uh, the underwater diving team that you were part of, that must have been a fascinating job to do. Well, it was. It was a bit gruesome. We covered an area from uh, sort of right up through the middle of England because we were the only other police diving unit outside of the Metropolitan Police Thames Division. So on average, we would recover 30 to 50 bodies a year, oh. stolen property, 
and so on. But we also, in that field, probably purely for practice, did work on power stations and steel works on our sort of training days where we were able to work underwater, removing valves and, and opening sluice gates and all sorts of things. So that in itself was quite dangerous work, but it was very interesting. And diving in those days, the 1960s and 70s, wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. Yeah, we can... were using pretty basic equipment. Yeah, I can only imagine, like, you know, I, I imagine that the uh, the uh, oxygen tanks were a lot bigger than they are today. Uh, yeah, they certainly were. They were. But, I mean, so... my contact with death was a daily occurrence. So, again, we're looking at what is it that actually moulded my way of being. And it was that. And I also went, as a policeman, to one of the worst uh, disasters that we had in this country in 1968 which was uh, the Aberfan tip disaster, when a coal tip slipped down a hill and killed 142 people, wow. including a huge proportion of children. Oh, wow. And I was one of the officers who worked six hours on and six hours off for about 10 days until the, the disaster was under control. That's... And again, we were handling, handling, handling death and uh, destruction and emotions uh, beyond all reason. But, and I, I lived through that. But again, I was in the company of officers who knew how to handle all of that. So I was really lucky. Yeah, okay, I mean, I'm sure what, what you do now compared to that is, I'm sure it's like a walk in the park, really. Well, it is, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I'm involved with a number of charities over here, and I am getting involved with um, a homeless project. You know, that's the big problem that we've got in this country at the moment. It's crazy. Um, lots and lots of homeless people. It's not just homeless people sleeping on the streets. People get evicted from properties for non-payment of rent. And if they aren't a priority with the local authorities, they become just as homeless as the people on the streets. And it makes no sense. Absolutely no sense whatsoever. I mean, I came back for a visit. I live in Canada now, but I was back in, in uh, on the Wirral um, just recently, and yeah. uh, we, we went to Liverpool for the day many times. And I couldn't believe the amount of homeless people in the space of four years, which is how long it's been since I left. It's unbelievable. There's well, so been, many. I've been in London. Yeah, I've been in London today and last night, and I went back to my hotel at about sort of eleven o'clock. And in the King's Cross area, I was stopped about eight times by beggars. Now, I'm, in the past, if I've gone to a function and got, I always sort of bring whatever's left over of a bottle of wine with me to actually give to these people, because I always stay in the same area. Um, the difficulty is, is trying to decide if people are homeless as a lifestyle choice or whether they're genuinely down and out. Yeah, because there is a right. few. There is a few That's that are difficult. taking liberties, really. Well, it's it's the same. I'm also involved with a charity that helps um, soldiers who come back from the Falklands and other wars, and sort of lose the plot. You know, they they actually give each of those soldiers a mentor, and I'm sort of training into that role to support them. They just need guidance and help. The only problem I foresee 
is there aren't going to be enough carers and mentors to go around because vulnerable people as a group are growing and growing. Now, a lot of people see you in front of the camera, you know, but I'm just curious, like, how do you unwind or de-stress? Do you have, like, any hobbies or, you know, something that you really enjoy doing while at home? Or Well, I've got a family. I've got two daughters in their 20s. <clears throat> a fairly settled family life, but it's my fourth attempt at family life. So again, you know, I've been married a few times, and I've had the stress and and the problems that went with that. But I mean, I, I socialise quite a bit. I get involved with these charities, which means black tie functions and sort of representing the company all over the country. Uh, I play a little bit of golf, but I'm not good at it. Uh, but yeah, I've just got a, I've got a, a sports car that I tell around the countryside in <laughs> when the weather's fine. Nice. Um, yeah, I've got a Mercedes with the top down. Not tonight, but yeah. <laughs> have you still have you still got your dogs? I've still got three dogs. Yeah, and I still sometimes, although I've been promoted, I don't sleep on the floor. <laughs> if I get kicked out of bed by the dogs, I just decamp to the spare room. <laughs> so I'm writing a book about the program writing a book about the program and the people involved and that'll come out probably July for Christmas this year oh nice what's the title oh. of the book um, the title we have, it's, it's got no working title book one I will then write a book about my life and I've, I've got a working title for that and it is the system is completely fucked by Paul <laughs> Bowell <laughs> because any slice of life that you touch here these homelessness mental health um, rent problems disasters, immigrants the system that should be coping with all of these problems is totally broken and we see it on the front line every day, huge problems but nobody else seems to have the vision that we have and we do see hardship and stress and mental illness but we see it on the doorstep if we do six calls in a day um, that's six times more than other people see wow we see the raw edge of life now the fact that it's not affected me to the extent that it might a younger person is that I've had the trials and the trauma um, and my system's coped with it I'll definitely be buying the book when it's when it's released, Paul. Hundred percent, because um, <laughs> I could talk to you for hours, mate. I mean, yeah. you're a very very interesting guy. So um, the only thing I'll ask for is a signed well, copy. Actually, I've actually I've worked I've worked in the states. I've worked in Russia, uh, South America, Spain. I had an office in Gibraltar. Yeah, I've, I've been around <laughs> the block. Wow. This is all this is all news to us because, like you say, you know, we we watch the TV show and you don't hear any of that. That's that's crazy. Wow. Well, no. Well, I was commissioned to go to L.A. about four years ago to deal with the problem, uh, and it was Russians, and they were thought to be the mafia. <laughs> but because I had experience of dealing with them when I worked in Latvia, uh, a client asked me if I'd go over there and sort that problem out. And I did, and actually succeeded, because I had the communication skills, purely and simply. You are te you're technically Batman, aren't you, Paul? Well, no, it's got to stretch a little bit. 
<laughs> or a, say Batman in the body of an old age pensioner. <laughs> well, you got Steve. Steve can be Robin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, he is. So uh, he's, he's my carer. He's always. <laughs> but he, Steve worked in personal. Steve worked in personal protection. So he's always one step behind me, and he actually, he genuinely holds my elbow if I'm crossing a crossing, a road, or he opens the door for me. Because that's how it is. <laughs> there's one there. There's one scene. I think it was season, I think it was series one. There's one. There's one thing where Steve is trying to get this tenant to open the door, and they will not open the door. And he's trying for a while, and you're just stood there. And then you turn around and say, "Look, if you don't yeah. open the door, we're going to break it down." <laughs> you just cut cut the that's shit right. and straight to the point. Well, I told one man he wouldn't open the door, and I said, "Your family's in there. Move up the hall. Get them away from the door." And he was Irish. He said, why? I said, I'm going to blow the door off on the inside. <laughs> I said, you can't do that. He said, I'm going to call the police. And he did. So we just stood outside. The police turned up, blues and twos. He said, what's going on? I said, why? What's the problem? They said, somebody's saying you're threatening to blow the doors off of this flat. I said, the man's a lunatic. I said, I said go, and talk, go, and, go and talk to him. I said, well, we'll have to do that. I said, while you're up there, give him this paper, which was the repossession order. <laughs> they can't of course, wait, he can opened they? the door to the police. No. He opened the door to the police, and we just followed them in. And it was resolved. <laughs> Sorted. He just, he just, yeah, he just left quietly. <laughs> there's, lots of, there's lots of stuff like that that have gone on, where we've actually sort of stretched reality. But it's benign, it works. So uh, we've made more friends than enemies, which is really important. Oh, very much so. So before we let you go, uh, Paul, I've got to ask very quickly: uh, how is how is Delroy doing? Uh, I was talking to him yesterday, and he he's had a stem cell transplant. Well, I think they grew his own stem cell. So we had 11 million hits on Facebook, but because his origin is Afro-Caribbean, the Afro-Caribbean grew are loath to give blood or tissue samples. So we didn't get a donor from 11 million hits, although we were getting donor offers from uh, Jamaica and all around the world. Wow. Other people have benefited, other people have benefited from that. And I attended a charity function last night and they, they made a donation to the Afro-Caribbean Trust. Wow. So, and I, give to, I go around the country give, and give uh, lectures. And if there are fees involved, I donate my fees to the trust. That's amazing. So it has helped. We're not talking fortunes here. No, oh, but yeah. every little bit helps, doesn't but, it? Del, Delroy's, in, he's, yeah, but Delroy's in good spirits. He's good. an ex-metropolitan policeman. So, you know, because he's got this terminal illness, effectively, he gets a police pension. Right. And he's in good spirits. He's a really terrific guy. Good. I'm very well, glad to hear here, that. He was born here, born in Croydon. Yeah. He's Excellent. a really good man. Worth saving. We appreciate your time, Paul. Okay. We'll, be, uh, we'll be looking for the book. And uh, best of luck continuing on with the, with the series. And uh, it was really great oh, talking okay. to you. <clears throat> if yep. you can put something on Facebook to say that I've spoke to your, you know, our fans over there and you appreciate it or something... 
so that at least my company knows that we're out there being ambassadors. 100%. Oh. Every, everything you've said will go out to so 100%, Paul. Um, just as well, is there, is there a website for, for these charities? Is there a website you can give us just so we can uh, let people be aware of it for the homeless charities? Uh, not at the moment. I'll okay. come back to that. I'll okay, meet well, with the Lord Mayor of Birmingham in a week or two's time. Right, okay. Well, you let us know and we'll, we'll make sure we put it out on a, on a follow-up episode. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Cheers, Call Paul. Okay, you have a nice night. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thank Cheers. You. Bye. Hi, this is John Chalice here, uh, probably better known as uh, Boy Singing from Only Fools and Horses. And I want uh, I want you to listen to the Majors Mess Hall podcast. Right, so there we go, is our interview there with Paul. I want to say thanks again to Paul for coming on, giving us his time. He was actually just finished his shift when he started talking to us. He was literally on the road back home to where he lives and uh, he's pulled over on the side of the, the highway motorway and had the chat with us so I mean again fantastic guy and if you haven't seen it watch Can't Pay We'll Take It Away it's on Netflix and it's great and if you can't find it on Netflix yeah. it's on YouTube and he's like the original you know he's the only one that's really been well not the only one but one of the few that's been in every season yeah okay so talking of like fantastic legends <laughs> We uh, <laughs> we uh, we had uh, for a long time a regular guest of ours, a guy from Greenbank, Ontario, in Canada. His name is Wes, also known as the Mayor of Greenbank, and he's this classic Canadian kid. And um, he uh, it was a good, he's a good, he's a good friend of ours. And there was a little was. bit, <laughs> well, there was a little, <laughs> well, there was a little bit of a, a dispute between Craig and Wes which upset a lot of people. It wasn't just Craig and Wes. Like, I was upset by it. Scott was upset. But we were all upset, and, you know, and it, it went on from there. And but, Leanne. Yeah, and Craig's girlfriend, Leanne. So, uh, Craig, tell us exactly what happened. Uh, well, Leanne was in mine one night, and then literally she was on Twitter, and then all of a sudden he comes out and messages saying, uh, I heard you're pregnant or, or something stupid like that. And then it just kept kept going on and on. Leanne said no, no, and all that. And then he kept finding it as, as, as a pure joke. Kept going on and on. And then, uh, Leanne started to get a little bit upset, and it started pissing me off because he, he wasn't dropping it. He found it like, as, as a big joke. And then uh, I saw my ass big time, and I uh, recorded a little video for him on YouTube. Okay, told, so told, told him to basically to fuck off. Okay, so we're going to play that clip of you on YouTube in a second because I think it's I think it's important. We we need to get all the cards on the table here. So, go on. And 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 it's been like five months, you know, since three since months. He's been it's been three months. Well, I went to Toronto in October, and he wasn't on since. Like he hasn't been on since late September. I'm just going by the video because it's it was uploaded. Oh no, I meant. As far as Wes being on the mess hall. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's probably has been like five months since he's been on, but the incident was three months ago. But anyway, uh, yeah, so basically it was just a stupid joke. I still don't understand what the joke was, but he thought it was funny and he, he figured Craig would find it was funny. But, I mean, I seen it and I was like, what the hell? Like, if, if, if anything like that happened, Craig would tell me about it. He wouldn't tell Wes. Like, why would Wes know before me kind of thing? So then I said to Craig, I don't know if you know this, but... 
Wes is tweeting out that Leanne's pregnant. So, of course, Craig was like, what the hell? And it just went on from there. It was just a bad joke gone wrong, basically. And this is the video. I'm just going to play the audio, obviously. This is the audio of the video that Craig left for Wes. All right, Wes. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm reading the fucking messages that you're sending to my girlfriend about being pregnant. Not funny. You don't say shit like that. I want you to fucking knock it off because you completely pissed me off with all the shit that you've been sending. You know, fucking right in the head. You're a massive prick. I want you to fuck off. And also, you're fucking banned from the podcast. All right. See ya. Not coming out anymore. Fuck you. No bed. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and plus, it wasn't just that video. I mean, these tweets were going on and on and on back and forth. Yeah. You know, and Wes was being Wes thinking he's funny. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I think it was you, Gavin, told me when, but when he saw that video, he still found it funny. Yeah, he just didn't. I, I, I don't think he quite got that you were being 100% serious. And I think he thought it was going to blow over. And the fact it's been like, Five months since he's been on, and three months since it happened, he's. Uh, he's ve- I've spoke to him, so I know he's very sorry about what happened, and he wants to make it up to you. And I, I asked you a while ago if you'd be you'd be willing to hear him out, and you said you would. I think I asked you like last week, actually, when we spoke, or yeah. not last week, the week before, whatever. Um, and that's kind of where it's left now is that he wants to patch things up. He would like to come to, down for the pub crawl. Now I don't know if he will because he's. He didn't come to the last one or the one before that, so I don't know if he will, but he said he would like to come down and obviously he wants to clear the air if it does happen. You know, he doesn't want to show up and up, upset you and cause an atmosphere and I obviously wouldn't want him to come down if it was going to upset you. So he wants to, if you're willing, we'd like to, you know, get him on so you can talk to him, Craig, and like... Kind of like a be a mediator. He's going to apologise. Like, he wants to apologise to you. So would you be willing to accept... Would you be willing to hear his apology? Yeah, if I find like any any jokeness in his voice, because I'll know, then I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna take that as an apology. All right, well, yes, that's understandable. That, that, that is understandable. Um, however, and this is not a defending him. Just keep in mind that everyone is different. So if I'd upset you and I was apologising, you'd know you'd be able to tell that I was sorry. Some people are different, like, some people handle things differently, and I don't know what he's like when he actually verbally apologises to someone. So I'm not saying that, you know, if he's like, oh, hey, bud, and all this, like, the way he is, like, that's not Mm. the right way to be. But if that's how he is, at least just hear him out first and then make your decision after what, like, you know, we can talk to him as well. Well, like I was talking to you about Wes earlier, you know, the Wes you hear on social media is a different Wes than you hear in person. You know what I mean? I mean, because you know, you know how much he got under my skin. You know, coming on here and all that. But after Toronto, I was fine with him. Exactly. In all honesty, when Wes first came on, I you know he was a hilarious guy. I liked him. So did Leanne. But during that fucking stupid joke he did, that was like, <clears throat> what the fuck are you doing? Over the top. Yeah. 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 Like, are you? Did you take something that night? Or you, were you on something? Like, fucking hell, drunk. Mm. I agree. I can't argue. I agree. So, 
I'm going to bring him on now, Craig, if that's all right with you. I'm literally going to call his phone. I, he's, it, it, all I said to him was that there's a chance if you were all right with it, I was going to call him. So he's not. it's not like he's like on Skype waiting. I'm literally going to dial his phone number and see if he answers. So if you're up for that now, let's let's fucking get it done. Yeah. You're up for that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Right, let's, let's play a new segment of the show, Dr. Phil. Right, okay, so we got Wes on the line. Are you there, Craig? Yeah. Okay, so we, me and Scott are literally just going to step aside and let you two have a chat, and uh, and we'll be right back. Craig, can you hear me? Yep. Hang on, add the music for dramatic effect. Hey, Craig. Um, just wanted to say I'm really, really sorry for um, what I said on the internet, and I was just being an idiot. And maybe a little unconsiderate of you and also your family and Leanne. I look back on it and it was really stupid and pointless and just dumb. And I honestly didn't mean to drag anybody else into it. I was just trying to be a idiot. I'm sorry, Craig. I didn't mean it, buddy. I hope you can honestly forgive me. And just, you know, I know you haven't been you know, messaging me back or whatever and stuff, and that's, that's fine, but I, I just wanted to say, like, honestly, I'm sorry. You really pissed me off that night, and you're really upset, Leanne. Well, Leanne didn't mean to come into it. I'm sorry about that part. I didn't why mean why mention that she was pregnant, then? I don't know. I thought it was just... I don't even know why, like, I didn't even, like, when I said it, I didn't think that that was the case. I know we, that that's clearly what you thought, but that wasn't what I was thinking when I said it. It was just, it was really, really stupid, and I just want to say I'm sorry. Yeah, we've, we've all we've all done things that, you know, we have, we've done without thinking. All of us, even you've done it, Craig, you, many times, mate. We've all made mistakes. He, at the end of the day, he's owned up to it. He hasn't just, like, asked if you can just get over it and let's move on he's, he's actually said I was an idiot and I am sorry and I, I think I think he he, he deserves it's, forgiveness and it sounds genuine yeah. to me I spent some time writing down my thoughts and what I meant when I wanted to say that was actually what happened and how it was stupid and how much stuff it caused to you and how angry you were and you you know you made that video and you know it's just pointless really pointless Oh. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to accept it, but if you fucking pull a stunt like that again, you, you can, you can, sorry, but you can fuck right off. <laughs> All right, Craig, man. He's <laughs> just, just shake, let's, let's cyber, let's cyber shake hands and let's move on. Also, I want you to send an apology to Leanne as well. Well, hang on. Leanne's there, so just, like, why don't No, you... she's asleep. Oh, is she really? Yeah. So, well, I definitely I wa- I remember definitely when I took down all that stuff because I knew you were mad. Actually, I, I, I know you. I know you. I, I know. I know you said sorry to her, but I didn't. I didn't think that was enough. What, so, what do you want him to do? If he said sorry, what what more can he do? If he was over there, he'd give you a hug. Jeez. Yeah, but 
you to see from my point of view, it was it was it was horrible. I know, mate, but he said he's just apologize. He's gave you like a real nice apology there. Yeah, I don't want to say sorry to Leanne as well. I know, but if I, I if I know Leanne like I think I do, I think she be, I think she would accept this heartfelt apology, which he genuinely did just give yeah, you. There. I I did I did apologize to you and your family in this letter, so to her and your family for any trouble you I've caused. And and honestly, to come on here and and spill your guts, man. <laughs> Oh God! It, it, it takes a lot, man. I mean, Doctor oh, Phil would Doctor Phil would be proud, man. So, Craig, if if, uh, if West comes comes to the pub crawl, can uh, can I expect to see you two have, having a big hug? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. He didn't even he didn't even <laughs> shake Steve's hand. So come on now. I would love a hug. And, and like Gavin, me, man, we argue. I think we apologize at least 20 times a week, me man. Me and Scott <laughs> argue all the fucking time. We all had, the time. We had an argument like yesterday or the day before, and it just blew over straight away. We always argue. Over, over, over something stupid like an apostrophe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, stupid. But, over his grammar. Yeah, but is, is, isn't that Scott's fault? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always Scott's fault. Yeah, even always. this, like even it. this is Scott's fault. Yeah, I already told him, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, I just yeah, I don't usually even like do this, so this is like a rare thing for me. I'm kind of just a, like, whenever I do, I don't give a fuck. But like, yeah, this kind of bugged me a bit, and I just wanted to be a man and say sorry to you and your family and stuff that upset you or them or her. All right. So, are we happy now, Craig? Yeah. Just so you know, Wes, when we started recording this episode before you came on, he was about that happy then. So, he, he probably is back to the way he was before you came on, mate. So, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like regular old run-of-the-mill Craig. <laughs> Takes me a lot to get me happy. Love. Yeah. Sounds like he needs a double jack and cook. No, don't drink in tonight. Oh, you've been on it, have you, Craig? Oh, yeah, four cans. So, anyway, back, <laughs> back very quickly back to the pub crawl. So, Wes, you, are you coming to pub crawl then? Well, actually, just this week, I uh, booked off the 18th to the 21st, so I'm going to look at ways to figure out to get out there. Well, according to Nell, you can catch at the airport these little these little airplane rides for like 40 bucks, man. Yeah, that's true. I've never heard of that. It's true, honestly. I could get to you for twenty dollars. Uh, sorry, forty dollars. It's it's really cheap to get to Ontario from here and and vice versa. At the moment, like what so, is, just ask now. It's like a special in the airport at Hamilton. They run a special, man. It's only like one airlines will do it. So yeah, forty bucks. Jeez, I'd be that's at Gavin's insane. house all the time. <laughs> yeah I'd have to look or if Nell knows the thing maybe she can send it to me because that'd be really cool for 40 bucks yeah, yeah. ask her for the link man because I think she's using this airlines this coming summer or what? I think she's coming back to Halifax and I know it's like her first time flying so yeah that's the way she's going 40 bucks first time flight sounds fun 
you know, I don't know. And that's, and that's direct as well. That's direct. And there ain't no direct flights, man, like for me. From Hamilton to Halifax, the erotic love story of one boy's <laughs> journey. <laughs> like, what? Really? Like, 40? That's insane. That's like, you can't get the, the GO train to go from Whitby to Toronto is $20. Yeah, I don't know. That's insane. And you know what, man? And honestly, I mean, you said it last year that you were coming to Chicago, and obviously things fell through. But, dude, man, I, I, I really would like for you to come to Halifax, man. I I want to actually get this done. Cause hey, hey, Craig, I got to tell you, man, when I was with Wes and he jumped in my shit car that you call it, he, <laughs> he uh he actually was happy because that was the closest that he ever been to you guys is being in the same car. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that's... sure. If that's, I'm like, is this the car with all that? that is like the famous episode where we drove? It's like the Seinfeld car. It's like the Seinfeld car or something, you know? Like, if we, and then Scott said yes. I was like, oh, my God. Like, Craig, I'm like, how the fuck did Craig get back there? Because I wasn't getting back there. No way. <laughs> It was freaking difficult in that shit heap. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I couldn't get my left leg back there, let alone myself. And hey, I'll, like, I'll, tell you how, I'll tell you how lazy I am. I still got the sticker stuff on the window. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell, man, you lazy bastard. <laughs> he got like a parking ticket for parking in the wrong place, and the sticker's still on his window, and that was last June. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's a piece of major mess hall anity, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> that was such a funny day, though. <laughs> but man, no, dude. I, honestly, I, I really hope you can come, man, because it's it'll be fun. You get to meet Gavin well, and Craig and all that, and yeah, and I Dick booked, Johnson, which is shocking. Which is going to be fun. Because uh, you never know. He's all, I'm surprised he hasn't fucking popped in here tonight already or something. Or <laughs> hey, howdy, hey! Shit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually? Actually? <laughs> Who the hell was? Anyways. Um, yeah, Shit, yeah, uh, baby! <laughs> <laughs> or that other uh, that other fucking guy there. Uh, what do you call him? The guy from uh, the, the Newfoundland guy there. Uh, Cowboy. Yeah, so if he doesn't come on to ask me a few questions or something or just be quiet and listen to me talk, I don't know. Do you want me to bring him on? No, is he waiting in the lurch? I can probably get hold of him if you want me to. I did tell him earlier that we were recording and I might need him. <laughs> Always have a great backup plan for with West Bale because it was pretty close tonight. Um, I tried to make – I made an email – to set up, I got a new phone, boys. I, that's breaking news. I got a new phone. Um, so it's an iPhone. So to download apps, you need to make an iTunes account. Well, to make an iTunes account, you need an email. And to make an email, you need to have half a fucking brain, apparently. So, uh, yeah, that was difficult. And it just, about six or seven tries later, and uh, it sounds like a snorting walrus. I know. That's what I was saying. What's Great going on? Sleep. Is that Leanne snoring, Craig? Yeah. Fucking loud, Sorry, Danny. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I actually thought... No, like, no, it, it does sound like that. It's That's fucking loud, man. 
Yeah, she's a loud snorer. So are you? Fucking hell, it must be like a fucking thunderstorm when you two are Yeah, really, you kept me all awake all, all night that day, man. So are you, you're bad as well? That was the dog. <laughs> yeah, as soon as, as soon as I started sleeping with Scott, I couldn't bloody get to sleep. Whoa, so whoa, whoa, you're 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 allowed to snore than me. No, it's Rephrase. true. You you're allowed to snore than me. Rephrase that. We didn't sleep together. <laughs> you know what I mean. Plus, plus the dog you were sleeping with snored as well. <laughs> I'll leave Bernie out of this. Yeah, you know I, what? I Gavin's like. Gavin's like. Hey man, did this snoring keep you up? I'm like, shit, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Gavin. I'm a, I'm a light sleeper, so I just wake up. Ah, oh, oh, she said you snore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Let's see. We all snore. <laughs> we all need the the, the machines. Um, we all need the machines to help you breathe better at night. They're awesome. <clears throat> Don't snore and you get a great night's sleep. Recommend the machines. Anyways. But yeah, so I got a new phone, so I couldn't set that up today. So we got to do some sort of different, you know, way of talking. Which apologize. Which iPhone did you get? Uh, iPhone eight plus. Oh. Some people say it's big, but it just—it was time for a new phone. And then you know, it's been at least four years. Called the company, said, "Hey, what do you got for me for free?" And they're like, "Oh, we'll give you this, this, and this." Said, "No, better." They said, "Okay," and then I got this one. Fucking riveting, I know. So we got Bertie on the line. <coughs> Jesus Christ. What's up, boys? No, mate, it's to bed here. <laughs> we just want to get Bertie on. How are you, mate? What's up, brothers? We, we, got, uh, we got Wes on the line, Bertie. Good evening, Wes. Is this that guy? This yeah. is that guy. This is the number one guy. Holy Christ almighty. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? Evening, and everyone in, in Hockey Night in Canada and Newfoundland and all those other countries, right? That would be right in Newfoundland, Hockey Night in Canada. But we have a Newfoundland hockey team here in our here in our hometown called the Stephenville Jets, which I work with. Nice, nice. What position do you play? I'm their assistant equipment manager. That's an important job. It is. That's, he, uh, yeah. He's got to tape the sticks. That's like the one that gets all the ladies, because you got to deal with all the stuff. You're the public eye, pretty much. I I got to deal with all the sexy hot ladies. Yeah, that's the guy. I'm. <laughs> that's me, man. That's my job. <laughs> he all he's got to. They all come looking at me for autographs and pictures, man. What am I supposed to say? No, hell no. I got to say, hell yeah, ladies, bring it on. Come to daddy. Come to daddy. Come to daddy, there boys. You go. There you go. Yeah, that's exactly you. You line up the girls for the guys for after. You're like a huge part of the team, man. Yeah, man. But the girls are my, the girls are just mine, man. Nobody else is. They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Birdie Birdie's side job as cowboy is actually the <laughs> his his other name is the Newfoundland pimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Scott knows me. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got your friend that wears the, your creepy reverend friend that wears the suit. Yeah, yeah. That's my creepy friend. He's the real pimp. I tell uh, you what. Fucking he photo. Wears, who wears an all white suit? That's what. <laughs> Rick Blair or something like. Oh no! I, I didn't mean that. I didn't say that. Actually, I didn't say that guy's name. Don't even think about it. 
You know, Scott, those ladies are mine, Scott and Gavin, so back off, man. They're all mine there, Craig, too. They're all mine, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've, already, I've already got one, so you, you, can, you can have them. <laughs> yeah, I already got one, so uh, keep going. Uh, you, you, the only guy you got to worry about is Wes. No, I'm good. I never want to be around another woman ever. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just going to be me for the you rest play, of my You're life. not playing for the same team, are you? No, I'm just me. Just Team West. All West, all the time. Yeah, I'm done, I think. I'm done. Man, the ladies that come all over me, man. No, man, what a feeling. What, Woohoo! What'd you just say? What'd you just say? Yeah, and that's, and that's the issue, Birdie. Birdie, that's the issue. You get the women start coming all over you, and then you start coming all over the women, and then that's the issue, Birdie. So seriously. Hey, man, hey, man, what, what do you come with? What do you come on to you. You what? come on to them, man. That's how it goes. Why is people coming on people? <laughs> hey, 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 Wes, next thing that happens is you get their phone number, man. You call them up and say, how you doing, honey? You know? No, you, you would call them before you would meet them, and then you would Hey, Bess, how's my Kelly? <laughs> Whoa. I call first on Matt Kelly already. This is the best part. Craig can't remember someone who he's interviewing, but he can remember some fucking dumb friend of yours from <laughs> years ago. This is the best part. Hey, man, I, I call... I this Matthew Kelly. Saying, I call I the ladies every night, man. I call the ladies every night. I, don't, no, no. I get all kinds of phone numbers, man. I get their addresses, too, man. What the hell is the problem with that? I can call them anytime, bro. Oh, but, but, Birdie... <laughs> Yeah, Birdie, what do you fun. what do you need what do you need your address for when you don't drive? So they got to come and get you. Bro, <laughs> well, yeah, tell me go to their apartment, or maybe hotel in order, house, you know, when they're alone. You know, you'll get the boss. Man, party Is begins. on something tonight. Hang on, hang on. We got Bert Jeremy on the line. Craig, you asked a question there, and I don't think Bertie heard you. What's that, there, Craig? What's the question? How's Matt Kelly? I, I really know. don't know, and I really don't give a f, my brother. Yeah, well, he's a pain oh. in the fucking ass. To tell you that right now. Fucking I man. already got a special friend, so my boy, don't worry about it. We ain't gonna, we don't have to worry about that fucking piece of shit trash nope. anymore, man. He's Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Calm down. Calm the fuck down. I can't fucking breathe here, Craig. Explain, who's, explain who's to the list. Friend? Oh, it's Matt Kelly. He's him. <laughs> He's this guy. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Right. Long story short. Long story short. Him and Matt Kelly had a bust up. They had a row, and then Matt Kelly started adding everyone, all kinds of our friends and stuff. My friend Kelly started saying that he was getting married to her and all this crazy shit uh, to try and make (laughs) Bertie jealous. Getting married to Kelly? (laughs) Honestly, Craig, it's bad, mate. He he messaged Kelly to get married to her. No, he started. He started spreading. He started telling. He told Bertie that he was going to get married to Kelly. So then he had to. Then he he tried to add Kelly. Gavin, your friend Kelly, like the thing, the one that kind of thinks I'm cute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She thinks you look like. She thinks you look like Sal from here. Impractical jokers. Practical jokers. Yeah. Birdie. What the fuck? What the fuck's wrong with this? Birdie. Yo, brother. What's up? Now. Yo, Scott, Major's mess hall is all about forgiveness, man. So what happens if we said, hey, we would really like you to talk to Matt Kelly and get these videos made? Because you ain't made a video since since you guys like stopped talking, man. You sit in front of the, the TV at home, but you ain't making no Cove Boy videos, man. You're singing ca- sad country songs on the karaoke machine, man. 
Man, I'm always I'm on the road to just from time to time, man, working on the road, but I'm not always in the house, man. But you know, I I'd like to make some videos with me and my brother Noofy Boy, you know, my next best next thing to me, you know, my family, my relatives, you know. That's what I'm all about. I ain't worrying about the haters anymore, man. The haters are nothing anymore. But he he messaged us. Let him hate. He messaged us and and said he really really misses you. Yeah. So he says. Then he he ended up doing it three times, turning on me. So why should I take that piece of shit back? Tell me that. What about John? What about John Redcorn, the guy in the white suit? Who is brother? Who the fuck is John Redcorn? The Reverend friend of yours. The Reverend, I ain't know what the fuck is going on here, boys. What the fuck is this Reverend shit, man? I, ain't, I don't know what's up. <laughs> reverend, you went to a hockey game with this Reverend friend of yours. He wears all white suit, classy fella. I think you just mentioned them, John Snow or something. John Newfie boy, my brother John Garner, Newfie boy. He's my boy. He's my brother, yeah. family man. John Snow, yeah, yeah, okay. John and Snow. What the fuck yeah. is John Snow, boys? What the fuck he is that? Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones. He's a badass dude, man. <laughs> okay. well, I don't know. He's Bernie's buddy. I don't know. That's his brother. You got the, you got, My brother, John Garner. We got Green Bank Boy online with us, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bernie, you and your friends, you got to get your triangle of rapper friends back together, and you got to get it going. I wish I could, man. I wish I could, but I don't think he's ever going to stop doing what he does, man. All he does but, is treat like shit all the time. You, you know, sometimes, Bertie, though, you just got to drop the anger and be the better man. Well, you, that's, you gotta, what I'm to do. that's what I'm trying to do, Scott. But you I don't. Do you, 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 hate, you, you, you are throwing so much hatred towards that guy. I, I think you said you liked him one day since the whole time <laughs> that you've known us. And, and then, because it's because of you... That we all followed him, and then the next day, the dude hate you got you hated him, man. So I, I mean, you need to make some Cove Boy videos because you're not Cove Boy without Matt Kelly. No, but the thing is about Matt Kelly, the day the day after we became friends, he was starting to diss my uncle and my other family that passed away. Like he was saying shit about them, you know, like you know, why be sad over your family? They're gone. There's nothing you can do. Like you know, it is it is my family that passed away, and yeah, it's gonna take time. Can you not have some like remorse for me, or have some kind of respect out of me grieving my family who I just lost? Like you know, you got to understand, man. Yeah, I should let it go, but you know, it's not hard to re- it's not hard to for- remember. You know, it's like it's on your mind every day. That's strange because family is huge in Newfoundland. Yeah, that's man. A weird thing. That's a weird thing to be disrespected out there. That's weird, man. Even I know that, and I'm not terrible. It's hard to let your family go once they die, man. You don't know what to do with yourself anymore. You don't know what to do. Right. I need to go. <laughs> oh, I'm not fucking it, it, It's like... Oh, it's Craig, almost, whoa, 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 Craig, man. What are you doing, man? Stay with your brothers, man. Your family. It's almost 2 o'clock in the morning for Craig, man. Oh, okay. I did not know. You're not watching the Olympics, Craig, over there? No, I'm not interested in that shite. <laughs> right, okay. Oh. Right, okay, Craig, you caused all that shit there with Matt Kelly and now you're going, but that's fine, mate. We'll cause a close to this podcast episode. Wes and uh, Craig are now friends again, that's fantastic. We had a wonderful interview there with Paul Bowhill earlier on, and Wes has finally got to meet our buddy Bertie, so this has been a fantastic episode, and uh, Matt Kelly's still on the shit list. So uh, we will be back next time for episode Wes, 65. Thanks for-, thanks for coming back on, Wes, and... Birdie, thanks for joining can, us. Can we get some? 
Thanks a lot. Can we get some final thoughts from uh, from everybody, please, just before you go? So, Wes, final thoughts, mate. Well, Bertie, I'm not going to lie. When you first started going on Twitter, I thought you were some sort of robot, but I'm not very good with technology, so that. Uh, Matthew Kelly, you just made the list, you stupid idiot. And that's going to be something new we're going to do on here if I come back on. It's hey, hey Wes. You just, you just made hey, the list. Hey, Wes, man, I got no disrespect against you, my brother. You're all, you're always going to be a brother. You're going to be a relative, a relation, always be family like the rest of the majors. Mess all boys, you know. We're all we're all one family, man. One love. Craig, final thoughts, mate. I don't have one. Fucking hell. Scott, final thoughts, mate. <laughs> hey, again, uh, keep watching on social media. Watch for the damn pub crawls info and uh we really hope to see everybody out there birdie get in a damn canoe and paddle over buddy because uh we'll try you know if you need west to pick you up let me know cop uh <laughs> yeah oh yeah because i'm just gonna drive to fucking newfoundland from halifax <laughs> Five hours for saying something stupid like that so you just made the list great so anyway thanks for following us thanks for listening share us like us oh, fuck i said follow us already anyway take it away Gavin. like us follow us see you later guys here's the intro here's the outro see ya bye yeah. bye, bye. bye boys bye. you made the list bye boys bye boys